0: all right welcome back now let's get to it sunday night week eight so we start with matthew stafford now the good news here is that the thumb looked like it took a series of medium severity hits but there were three of them and i think that's what caused a swelling and that intense wrapping job we saw on the sideline and that is likely what caused him to be out because these areas are small they do get swollen and then it's hard to grip the football Now, there wasn't one drastic injury here that looks like it definitely tore his ligament. If he did tear his ligament, the UCL ligament is really the one we're concerned about here. That would mean surgery and probably at least six weeks out. However, if it's just a sprain, which is sort of the way I'm leaning at this point, then that even opens the door to him playing next week. We'll just have to follow his practice progression. The question is one, MRI MRI probably tomorrow, and then two, can he get the swelling down enough to play soon? And my suspicion is that Matthew Stafford, being one of the more durable players in all of our data sets, is going to push for that outcome. So week nine, not off the table yet. Drake London, he is dealing with what is likely a groin strain. The video didn't look like anything drastic, but of course he did take a pretty big hit as he came down. So with Drake London, we would look at an average timeline of one week out. With that being said, we'll have to monitor his practice progression because that's really going to tell the story as to whether he is playing week nine or not. Amon Ross St. Brown is playing this tomorrow, Monday night, and with that, he is now designated as questionable, which just occurred, the downgrade just occurred, and this illness designation typically gets played through, which is good news. We did, however, see Bijan Robinson get pretty severely affected by a last-minute illness last week. It's hard to know, but it's possible that Patrick Mahomes' illness today did affect, negatively affect his play as well. So with the Ross St. Brown, we would lean towards him playing, but with a performance hit. Then Darren Waller. Now, this is not great news. We have a guy who was dealing with a hamstring strain now has a repeat hamstring strain within the same season, and he has a history of at least two severe hamstring strains that ended his seasons, in addition to a whole slew of soft tissue injuries. Add in that he's over 30, and Darren Waller, together with all this news, we're expecting a multi-week absence. I are not totally out of the picture. The average would be three weeks here. Then Kirk Cousins... Now, Kirk Cousins, they're saying likely tore his Achilles. That means he almost certainly tore his Achilles. It's pretty obvious when you feel the leg, just physically examining it, whether or not a player did tear. So unfortunately, that does mean the end of his season. However, it does give him a pretty reasonable chance to be ready for week one of next year. I think that's a very realistic target for Kirk Cousins. So not all is lost for dynasty owners there. Kenny Pickett he did have a rib contusion. The average on these is one to two weeks. We have seen some players come back in just one week, but the fact that they're playing Thursday would make this a pretty severe outlier. So we'd lean slightly towards Pickett missing one week and then coming back the following. His teammate Deontay Johnson was previously dealing with a hamstring, of course, was on the IR for that earlier this year, and then was reportedly dealing with some hamstring tightness that caused him to miss practice earlier this week. That, of course, makes him a high re-injury risk at really any point this year. But then he was evaluated today. He came back in. We're not concerned about this, whatever may have happened, short-term injury with Deontay Johnson since he did return right away. But we are worried about his re-injury risk and think, it wouldn't be totally unreasonable to move off of Deontay, even though he's been playing well if you can get a good trade value for him travis Etienne, he left he went out with a low ankle sprain then returned same game he was averaging four yards per carry before the injury and then only two yards per carry after i think that's noteworthy but not a total red flag because he also did have a big run after the catch and had pretty good numbers as a result of that big play. So Travis Etienne, usually these low ankle sprains, especially if they're mild, aren't going to cause a much of an, an absence. So we're looking for him to be near 100% next week. Tyrod Taylor went to the hospital after taking a shot to the ribs. This is a little concerning in the sense that it probably means there was a rib fracture. And he's in the hospital for observation, reportedly. And observation is essentially what they call it when you think the, pl- the person is going to be okay, but you just need to make sure. So they put him in this observation status, and again, we suspect he'll be fine, but Tyrod Taylor is probably out next week. Good chance to return week 10. Minka Fitzpatrick. He went out with a hamstring strain. By video, it looked about moderate severity. He didn't collapse, but he definitely pulled at his hamstring right away. So the average on this is two to three weeks. We saw Justin Jefferson have a little bit of a similar mechanism, and of course he's on the IR. And the Steelers have dealt with Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson recently having these hamstrings. And of course, Fryermuth had the re-aggravation. So it wouldn't be totally surprising if they play this conservatively, but the average on these is two to three weeks out. For the Eagles, Jalen Carter, he is really looks like he's on pace to be the rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. But of course, out today in mid-game with a back issue, we don't have a lot of information on this, but the one good news is that most back issues are not long-term absences. So with that being said, we would anticipate that Jalen Carter is likely back this coming week, but we'll have to monitor his practice progression to know for sure. Then Curtis Samuel, he came into the week questionable with a foot injury and then he picked up a new toe injury. The most common toe issue is a turf toe and if players play through that they typically do see a performance dip but the fact that it's now kind of compounded with it being two injuries or potentially to the same rough area of the body, we are suspecting this results in an absence. Then Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter was put into the concussion protocol but cleared it pretty much right away. That's pretty promising. It means that he could have likely returned, and I think they were being extra cautious with him given that he's a young quarterback and they didn't want to put him at further risk, especially given what happened to Tua Tagovailoa last year. So with that, I would expect Desmond Ritter to come back next week without any performance hit. And now we have some room for optimism, and the biggest real riser here is Joe Burrow. As expected, six weeks out from calf restrain, these improved symptomatically a lot over the course of six weeks. So Joe Burrow looked a lot like himself. I mean, he dominated a, maybe the best defense in the league. And with that, also we saw a rise from T Higgins. And that's partly because of Joe Burrow, but also partly because Higgins is now four weeks out from a rib fracture. The rib fracture performance dip averages about three weeks. So with Joe Burrow on the rise, T. Higgins on the rise, we expect a lot more from the Bengals in the coming weeks. I don't think this is an aberration. I think this is the new norm for them. Next up, Raheem Mostert. So he had only 14 carries this week and he produced, he had a reasonable fantasy output, about 10 points in most formats, but With that being said, he didn't have his normal workload. And I think that can be explained by the fact that he entered with a questionable designation and a low ankle sprain. The common issue here is that when older running backs have that low ankle sprain that they're dealing with, they do tend to see fewer touches. So Raheem Mostert, while Devon Achan is still out, we do expect his touch, his workload to ramp up just a touch to where it was before. Now, when A-Chan comes back, that is probably goes out the window, and it's, my guess, is a 50-50 split. But while H. Hand is still out for another week or two, we do look to have Raheem Mostert improving from here. Then Aaron Jones, this one's a little dicey, because Aaron Jones came out saying he feels pretty good, and then his coach came out saying he's not 100%. Where we go from here is probably up. In the sense that Aaron Jones has been dealing with a recurrent hamstring injury for this season. And with that, older running back, similar to as we talked about with Mostert, they do tend to see a more of a split workload. And Aaron Jones only had seven carries this week, so that does suggest that they were limiting his touches. That should go up over the course of the next two to three weeks. Likely not right away, but over two to three weeks we do expect Aaron Jones to improve. Devontae Smith he looked really good today he hadn't looked really good the last couple weeks but he was also intermittently listed on the injury report with a hamstring strain and he came off of a lot of those injury reports midweek but the fact that he was listed and the fact that it's a hamstring specifically tell us that usually these are associated with efficiency dips for wide receivers and young wide receivers often play through them and without a huge re-injury risk and Devontae Smith was, I would say, fortunate in that that was the outcome here. But again, it's noteworthy that he is now, he this week he was not on any injury report, and he looked quite good. So I think this is the Devontae Smith we're going to see. Last but not least, Traylon Burks. So Burks had, he did come back today, but he had no, no uh, receptions. And you can't blame Will Levis, he looked pretty good. And DeAndre Hopkins, of course, had the most production on that team. But Traylon Burks should improve. It just may take a little while. The reason is he had a knee sprain pre, in in the preseason time, and he then sort of re-aggravated that. Although they, they did say it was not a re-aggravation, he did have a sleeve on the same knee. So it suggests that even though if he didn't re-aggravate that, he probably aggravated something in the general vicinity, making that knee more susceptible to re-injury and also leading us to predict a pretty noticeable performance dip. Usually a re-aggravated knee sprain, which is what we sort of treat this as with our data, would mean three weeks of a performance hit when players return. So two more weeks, probably down for Burks. You could buy low on him right now, I suspect, and really look at about week 11 or 12 when Traylon Burks looks more like his old self. And if Will Levis is continuing to pass well, then the sky's the limit for Burks and Hopkins. And that's all for now, so stay tuned for the next episode tomorrow.